Although I'm a big believer in the saying, it's not how you start, but how you finish that counts, uh, how you start something is very, very important, right? Uh, how you start a race might not win you the race, but how you start the race might lose you the race, right? Uh, how you start your semester of school is very important. How, how you start something sets the tone for how everything else is going to be laid out and how everything else is going to happen. Because of that, every year, uh, our church starts off the beginning of the year with 21 days of focused prayer and corporate fasting. And we're going to do the same thing this year. This is our third year of doing a 21-day fast. And I believe that if you join us in this fast, I believe if you join us in, in consecrating yourself for God for the first three weeks of the year, I believe that the supernatural is going to be released in your life. I believe that you are going to be setting yourself up to receive from God in an incredible, incredible way. And so today, I want to talk to you about the secret power of fasting. Uh, fasting is something that most Christians, they never get in the habit of doing. They never embrace it. They, they, you know, all Christians know we're supposed to pray. All Christians know we're supposed to give. Most Christians know we're supposed to share our faith with other people. But a lot of Christians, they don't tap into the blessing of fasting. And I believe that fasting is one of the most incredible things that you can do. Um, and, and so many great things come out of times of fasting. And the Bible talks uh, quite a bit about fasting, actually. And so uh, we're going to be looking at Matthew chapter 6, and I'm going to read verses 16 through 18. Uh, these are the words of Jesus. Whenever you fast, notice it doesn't say if you fast, if you want to fast, or if you pray about fasting. Jesus says whenever you fast, he, he's implying that Fasting is a natural, normal part of the life of a believer. And whenever you fast, do not put on a gloomy face as the hypocrites do, for they neglect their appearance so that they will be noticed by men when they are fasting. Truly, I say to you, they have their reward in full. But you, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face. Verse 18, so that your fasting will not be noticed by men, but by your Father who is in secret, and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. You know, a principle that we find throughout God's word is that what we do privately is a catalyst for what God does publicly. Okay? What we do privately is a catalyst for what God does publicly. For example, when you give financially to God in private, he blesses you publicly. And not only that, he starts to store up treasures for you in heaven. When you pray to God in private, God answers those prayers out in the open. Many of you sitting in here have had answers to prayer in your life. And when you fast in private, you will receive public, open breakthrough. That's the secret power of fasting. What you do in private, will God will bless you in public. What you do in private is a launch pad for what God will do for you in public. And so 
I want to answer three questions today concerning fasting because uh, a lot of times people don't fast because they don't understand what fasting is all about. They think it's some sort of glorified diet. And so I want to answer three questions today concerning fasting. Number one, what is fasting? Number two, why do we fast? And number three, what happens when we fast? And that's going to be my message today. So first question, what is fasting? Biblical fasting is the discipline of refraining from food or drink for a spiritual purpose. We don't refrain from food and drink for uh, a health purpose, although there are some health benefits. We don't do it for dieting purposes, although you will definitely lose weight through a fast. We refrain from food and drink for a spiritual purpose, to draw closer to God, to get distractions out of our way in order for us to focus our attention and our heart on Jesus. And although the Bible doesn't mention other types of fasting other than food, I believe that you can do what people call a soul fast, which means you refrain from something meaningful in your life for a spiritual purpose. You could fast social media. You could fast a certain hobby. You could fast a certain type of music. You could fast movies. You could fast video games. You could fast coffee or caffeine altogether. You could fast sweets. You could fast certain types of books. You could fast a specific TV show that you watch all the time. Maybe a soap opera or something. <laughs> Whatever you decide to fast, it needs to be something that is meaningful to you. For example, if you, if you decide to join us on this 21-day fast and you say, I'm going to fast television for 21 days, but you rarely watch television, it, that's not a fast because th it, there's no challenge in it, because there's zero sacrifice involved for you not watching television for 21 days. So whatever you decide to fast, whether it's uh, uh, food altogether, whether it's a partial food fast, or one of those things that I mentioned, make sure that it's meaningful to you. My wife and I, we are doing a Daniel fast, which is... Uh, fruit. It's what, Daniel, uh, it's what Daniel from the Old Testament did. And it's fruits, vegetables, and whole grains. So everything else outside of that, we're fasting. Oh, it's going to be tough, but it's going to be awesome because I'm excited about what God's going to do in our lives through this fast. Fasting is hungering for something more than food. Fasting is hungering for something more than food. Fasting is hungering for God more than that meaningful thing in your life that you're dependent on. That's what fasting is. It's, it's hungering for God more than that thing that your body is so dependent on. Matthew 5, 6 says this in the New King James Version. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. In the message translation, it says... You're blessed when you've worked up a good appetite for God. He's food and drink in the best meal you'll ever eat. Psalms 42, 1 through 3 says, A white-tailed deer drinks from the creek. I want to drink God, deep drafts of God. I'm thirsty for God alive. I wonder, will I ever make it, uh, will I ever make it arrive and drink in God's presence? I'm on a diet of tears. Tears for breakfast, 
tears for supper. All day long, people knock at my door pestering, where is this God of yours? See, church, the writer of this psalm was not thirsty for water, but for more of God's presence, more of God's spirit in his life. He, 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 was, he was more thirsty for God than his natural thirst. And he trusted God to quench that thirst inside of his soul. His, his diet was not steak and potatoes. His diet was tears because of the brokenness he was experiencing because of his intimate connection with God. Man, as you fast, as you take these 21 days and fast, Man, watch out because you are going to start to receive the heart of God. People that you just walked past, people that you really could care less about, God is going to give you his heart as you fast and pray and consecrate yourself to him. People are going to look different to you. The things that God loves, you're going to start to love. And the things that God hates, you're going to start to hate. And so that's what a fast, a biblical fast is. Now, why do we fast? Well, first, and most importantly, because Jesus fasted and He is our example in all things. Jesus fasted. And if Jesus needed to fast, if the Son of God needed to fast, then you and I definitely need to fast. Matthew chapter 4, verses 1, 1 and 2 says this, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights afterward, he was hungry. Think about how much trouble food has gotten humans into over the years. Think about that. Uh, think about all, if, we go, if we rewind all the way to the beginning, what was the original sin? It was Eve eating the forbidden fruit and then giving it to her husband. It was Adam and Eve not exercising self-control when it came to eating. That one act of eating brought sin into the entire world, and we're still dealing with the ramifications of what happened there today. I think it's very interesting in light of the devil tempting Eve with food in the garden that right after Jesus fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, that the very first temptation that the devil threw at him was all about food, right? Matthew 4, 3 and 4. Now, when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become bread. But Jesus answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. When we fast, we are acknowledging that God is my sustainer for all things. And that for a time I can do without food and be sustained by God's word. Okay? So why do we fast? Well, to spiritually detox. Okay? 2 Corinthians 7.1 says this, Therefore, since we have these great and wonderful promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit, completing holiness, living a consecrated life, a life set apart for God's purpose in the fear of God. The message translation says this, with promises like this to pull, up, pull us on, dear friends, let's make a clean break with everything that defiles or distracts us, both within and without. Let's make our entire lives fit and holy temples for the worship of God. 
fasting is a spiritual detox from anything that contaminates us, okay? It's the spiritual discipline of breaking free from things in our lives that are distracting us in order to pursue a greater intimacy with Jesus. That's why if you fast without praying, all you're doing is starving yourself, right? Because the whole idea and discipline of fasting is for you to break away from things that are distracting you, from, to cleanse yourself from things that are contaminating you in order, to, uh, uh, in order to draw closer to Jesus in your life. And it's amazing how when you back away from things you're so dependent on and you have to trust God, how close and how intimate your connection with Him becomes. So why do we fast? Because God loves to reward His children. Did you know that? A lot of people only think God loves to punish people for their sins, but God loves to reward his children. Matthew 6, 18, we read it earlier, says this, so that your fasting will not be noticed by men, but by your father who is in secret. And your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. What happens when we fast? We talked about what a fast is. We talked about why we fast. Now, let's talk about what happens when we fast. When we fast, we crucify our flesh and desires and submit our appetite to the will of God. That's what happens when we fast. Because man, fasting is hard, right? Fasting, if you've ever tried it, you know it, it's one of the hardest things that you will ever do in your life. Um, fasting is really hard for me because I love food, right? I enjoy trying different types of food. I enjoy going to different restaurants. In fact, um, I, I, we, we just got back from spending uh, Christmas and New Year's with my family in Kansas City, and I weighed myself toward the end of, end of the trip, and I gained five pounds, right? My mom was cooking chicken curry, ground beef curry. Uh, Dad cooked up some chicken biryani, and on top of that, I hit up a couple barbecue joints in Kansas City. And so by the end of my trip, my goodness, I, I gained five pounds. And, and part of it was like, man, I'm fasting for 21 days, so let me just get it all in. So we were eating cookies, ice cream, brownies, all that stuff, because I knew once I got back, we were going to start a fast, and I wasn't going to be able to do any of that stuff. I enjoy food. I enjoy good food. I enjoy sitting around a table with friends and breaking bread together. Uh, I, I enjoy coffee. I drink coffee every day, multiple times a day. I enjoy finding uh, new coffee spots around the city. Uh, I, I don't have a, I don't have my, uh, you know, the church doesn't have their own offices. And so my office is coffee shops all around the city. So I post up at a coffee shop and I work for hours and hours and I enjoy doing that while sipping on a cup of joe, right? So fasting and refraining from coffee, that's going to be really, really hard. In fact, when I don't drink coffee, well, actually Priscilla was like, when I told her I'm going to be fasting coffee, she said, no, don't. I don't like the Steve that's not on coffee. <laughs> and so what I'm doing, I'm weaning myself off because, because when I don't drink coffee, I get like migraines. And so I have to little by little wean myself, which is not good, but that's just how, I, how it is. So I'm going to be doing that. Now, I don't know about you, 
But when I'm fasting, the desire to eat food and drink coffee amplifies a million times. In fact, um, I turn into a dog when I fast because I can sniff food from a mile away. Right? When I'm on an extended fast, I, I, I'll smell something like that's pepperoni pizza. That's a, that, th- those are jalapeno poppers. You know what I mean? I, I mean, I just start smelling and I can smell food a mile away. And so fasting is one of the hardest things you'll ever do in your life, but it will also be one of the most rewarding things that you do in your entire life. When we fast, breakthrough happens. Amen. If you remember during Jesus's ministry, uh, a father brought his demon possessed son to Jesus because he first brought his son to the disciples and they couldn't cure his son. And so he ends up bringing his son who was demon possessed to Jesus. And the demon inside of this boy had turned him into a lunatic is what the Bible says. Uh, He would often fall into the fire and fall into the water. And from the look of it, uh, this boy's father had tried everything to help his son and, and he couldn't find any sort of solutions to his son. And so He goes to the disciples, they couldn't do anything about it, and he brings him to Jesus. And Jesus casts the demon out of this boy, and he was instantly healed. Now, I don't know about you, but if I were the disciples, that would would hurt my feelings a little. That would hurt my pride a little bit. Uh, I've been walking with Jesus. I've been talking with Jesus. He's been imparting things to me. Uh, I'm supposed to be walking in the same authority that Jesus walked in, yet... I try to pray for this uh, demon-possessed boy and cast this demon out, and nothing happens, and they bring him to Jesus, and he casts that demon out, and he's cured instantly. You ever try to open a can lid, and you exert so much strength that you basically have a hernia, and you just can't get it open, and then you hand it to someone else, like, give it to me, I'll try, and then they're just like, pop. Man, I don't know about you women, but for us men, that hurts my pride. Like, I, if somebody else just opens a lid, like, I, you know, when my wife, she'll come to me and she'll ask me to open lids all the time and I'll, like, open it and I'll try to put on, like, this, this face, like, it's no effort. I'm like, even though on the inside I'm like, <laughs> but I'll try to just play it cool. play. You know, when the disciples, the, the disciples, when they try to heal this man, uh, cast this demon out, nothing happened, and they go to Jesus and it happens right away, that probably hurt their pride if they were anything like me. But the, the, right at, so right after the disciples unsuccessfully try and cast this demon out of this poor boy, Jesus goes and casts it right out. And so the disciples go to Jesus privately and they ask him, they say, what happened? Why weren't we able to cast this demon out? And as soon as you prayed for him, he instantly got cured. What, what happened? What did we do wrong? What were we not doing? We, you know, we kind of did everything that you do, but we are not seeing the same results. And listen to Jesus' response in Matthew 17, verses 20 and 21. He told them, it was because of your lack of faith. I promise you, if you have faith inside of you, no bigger than the size of a small mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move away from here and go over there and you will see it move. There is nothing you couldn't do, verse 21. But this kind of demon is cast out only through prayer and fasting. There are certain things in your life that you may not get breakthrough for without prayer and fasting. There is a secret power behind fasting that I believe will release answers and healing and deliverance as you fast 
and pray and seek God. It seems to me that fasting with the right motives releases a greater spiritual authority in our lives. It seems to me that Jesus had a greater spiritual authority than did his disciples. And he said it was because this kind of demon, this kind of deliverance, this kind of freedom, it only comes through prayer and fasting. I know from personal experience that when you fast and pray, prayers are answered and miracles happen. Okay? I know from personal experience. And so as you join us in this 21 days of prayer and fasting, I want you to believe God for healing. I want you to believe God for healing in your life, healing in the life of a loved one. I want you to believe God as you go through these 21 days of consecrating yourself and, 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 uh, uh, and spending a time of focused prayer and fasting. I want you to believe for healing. I want you to believe for financial uh, provision and blessing in your life. I want you to believe for promotions at work. I want you to believe for the salvation of your friends and, and family and loved ones in your life. I want you to believe for deliverance from rejection and depression or any other mental health issues that you have happening in your life. I want you to believe that God, during these 21 days, he is going to deliver you and set you free supernaturally the way he set this boy that was demon-possessed free. Amen? I want you to believe for, uh, for freedom from addiction in your life, whatever that may be, whatever that may be. I want you to believe during these next three weeks for favor in your workplace like you've never experienced and encountered before. Amen? This fast is going to become the catalyst for you to start walking in your purpose. For some of you that just feel like, I, I try to go after God, I try to seek God, but I just can't seem to get any sort of traction in my life. I can't figure out what I'm supposed to do with my life. I'm confused. Uh, I have no clarity. I'm telling you, spend 21 days fasting and focused prayer and something will break in your life. Something will happen in your life, but you've got to, you've got to commit. You've got to step in. You, you, you've got to go all in and say, God, I trust you. I know this is going to be hard, but I'm going to step out in faith and try it and see what you can do in my life. You know, a while back, I shared with you that although our personal salary has been cut tremendously since the beginning of August from our home church, that a couple months ago, we had almost given the same amount that we had given last year. Well, I want to update you a little bit. I, I checked, uh, you know, I checked what we had given for 2018. And because of the blessing of God, we were able to give $500 more than we gave last year, even though we didn't make as much money as last year. And I know there are a lot of factors involved, but I believe that my fast that I did at the beginning of last year was a giant part of why we were able to be so generous this year despite what was happening to us. See, guys, there are unseen things that happen in our lives when we fast and pray. And we might not see them right away, but what you do at the beginning of this year, it's setting the tone for everything else that happens and follows. See, that's the secret power of fasting, because people don't see what you're doing. People don't see you 
sacrificing. People don't see how hard it is for you to give that thing up that's so meaningful to you for three weeks. But God sees it. God sees it. And that's what really matters. And Jesus said in Luke 8, 17, For nothing is secret that will not be revealed, nor anything hidden that will not be known and come to light. And we tend to view this verse from a negative perspective, like God is going to pull out all of those skeletons in your closet so you better have everything buttoned up. And that's, that's the lens we tend to read this verse from. But we can also view it from a positive perspective, the secret things that we do that are good, that are lovely, that are beautiful, that are generous, that are giving, all of those good things that we do that nobody sees because we do it because we love God and we love people. All of those secret things that nobody else sees. I want to tell you something. God sees those things. And I promise you, he will reward you for those things that are done in secret. So what happens when we fast? Well, this one is by far the most important thing that happens when we fast. And that is greater intimacy with Jesus. More than breakthrough, right? More than losing weight, right? Uh, more, than, more than even just my own personal goals for the year being fulfilled. More than that, I desire and crave a greater intimacy with Jesus. I want to be closer to Jesus in 2019 than I was in 2018. I want to know more of his heart in 2019 than I knew about in 2018. I want to act more like Jesus this year than last year. I want to know um, uh, more about his word. I want to receive a greater revelation this year than I received last year. I want to be more spiritually mature this year than I was last year. Okay? So the greatest thing that happens when we fast is a greater level of intimacy with Jesus. You know, if I were to take three weeks out of my schedule and plan a trip and go off the grid with, with Priscilla, no phones, no computers, no, no, uh, no nothing, no, no technology at all, and we just spent three weeks together, okay, just, just working on our relationship with each other, just working on our communication, just getting to know each other better, it's inevitable that after that three weeks, I'm going to be closer to my wife. Why? Because I removed the distractions. I moved everything that stands between her and I, and I focused my attention, my energy, my strength, my emotions on her. So we can't help but growing closer to one another. There's a reason that we're the most connected as a society, as a world, than we've ever been in the history of the world, but we're also the most lonely we've ever been in our world. Yeah. You ever been to a restaurant and you see a table full of people, no one's talking to anybody because they're looking on their phones at what everybody else is doing? You ever seen that? You ever been guilty of that? Man, there's something supernatural, there's something that intimate that happens when we unplug, when we remove the distractions, when we move the disruptions, and we just spend focused attention on Jesus. And when we fast, that is an accelerant to what I am talking about. 
as you remove the clutter and distractions from your life in order to seek the heart of God, it's inevitable that your relationship with Him, it's going, it's going to go to another level. It's going to go to a higher level, a deeper level. As you starve what your flesh wants, whether that be with food or sweets or coffee or social media or something else, your spirit man will begin to get stronger. And as that happens, you'll be able to hear the voice of God clearer. Amen. John chapter 6, verse 48 through 51 says this, I'm telling you the most solemn and sober truth now. Whoever believes in me has real life, eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate the manna bread in the desert and died. But now here is bread that truly comes down out of heaven. Anyone eating this bread will not die ever. I am the bread, the living bread who came down out of heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will live and forever. The bread that I present to the world so that it can eat and live is myself. This flesh and blood self. As we begin this 21 day fast, what we're doing is partaking of the bread that came down from heaven. That's the goal of our fast. It's, it's partaking of the bread that gives and brings life. It, it, it's, it's partaking and communing in Jesus, with Jesus, for Jesus. You see, if you eat natural food, it will satisfy you for a while, and then you're going to be hungry again, okay? But when you eat of the bread of life, you will never, ever, ever hunger again because this bread gives life eternally, okay? The bread of this world, it, it, it'll, it'll, it'll fill you up until lunchtime. Then you're going to be hungry again, and then, and then it'll fill you up uh, until mid-afternoon. Then you have to have a snack. And then, and then it'll fill you up until dinner. But when you partake of Jesus, you will never hunger again. You will never thirst again. Because not only is he the bread of life, he is, he, he is the river of life as well. Amen? Fasting forces us to trust God to meet and fulfill our desires and cravings that come from us not feeding our flesh. Fasting is all about encountering the one who is greater than that thing we're so dependent upon, okay? That's why there's such power in that. Well, let's continue reading, and if I could have the worship team come up. Uh, let's continue reading here in John chapter 6. At this, the Jews started fighting among themselves. How can this man serve up his flesh for a meal? But Jesus didn't give an inch. Only insofar as you eat and drink flesh and blood, the flesh and blood of the Son of Man, do you have life within you. The one who brings a hearty appetite to this eating and drinking has eternal life and will be fit and ready for the final day. My flesh is real, flu my flesh is real food and my blood is real drink. By eating my flesh and drinking my blood, you enter into me and I into you. In the same way that the fully alive Father sent me here and I live because of him, so the one who makes a meal of me lives because of me. This is the bread from heaven. Your ancestors ate bread and later died. Whoever eats this bread will live always. 
What does Jesus mean when he says, you got to eat my flesh and drink my blood? You know, God isn't into cannibalism, so let's just, and he's not a vampire, so let's just get that out of our minds. He's using our need for eating and drinking metaphorically to make a spiritual point. Because first, we must have an appetite for Christ. We must have an appetite for Christ. In the natural, we eat when we're hungry and we drink when we're thirsty, right? In the same way, there should be a spiritual hunger and thirst for Jesus in our lives. If you don't hunger for Jesus, if you're not thirsty to know Him more, there is some sort of disconnect in your relationship with God. And you need to do something in order to get closer to Him. If you have lost your first love, you need to go to Him. You need to repent. And you need to get your heart right with Him. Because there should be a hunger and a thirst for Jesus in your life. And while we're fasting, every time we have a hunger pang, it should be a reminder to us that man does not live on bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Every time we have a hunger pang, every time our stomach growls during this fast, it should be a reminder that Jesus is the bread of life and He and He alone sustains us. Secondly, there must include the actual act of eating and drinking. You know, a juicy steak and mashed potatoes sitting on a table, that will not do anything for me by me just thinking about eating that, right? Me having good thoughts about that, that juicy steak and those creamy, buttery mashed potatoes, me just thinking those good thoughts, that's not going to nourish me at all. It's only when I cut that steak into pieces and put it in my mouth, it's only when I dip that fork into those creamy mashed potatoes and put it in my mouth that the nourishment starts to happen. I must actually eat that steak and eat those potatoes in order for it to do what it needs to do inside of my body. In the same way, we must believe and trust in Jesus by faith and then back that trust and faith up by following Him wherever He leads. Regardless of where that is He leads, regardless of how scary, how difficult, how hard that is, we back up our faith and trust by following Jesus wherever He leads. And thirdly, we must delight in our relationship with Christ. It's not just about putting up with a relationship with Jesus. It's delighting in a relationship with Jesus. You know, after I run or play basketball or exert a lot of energy, the thing that I think about the most is a nice, cold glass of water. And as I'm drinking that glass of water, man, it, it, it is delightful. It is delightful because I am thirsty, I am parched, I am dehydrated. And, and, and it's not just, let me just, let me just dump this water down, down and, and get refreshed. It is delightful as I drink that water because as I'm drinking that water, it is quenching and satisfying my thirst. As we commune with Christ and walk with Him, a delight comes upon us because He is quenching our thirst 
and nourishing our body. Amen? And that delight is never more apparent than when we are fasting. And fourth, we must continually depend on Christ for our nourishment. Just as we depend on food and drink for strength, energy, nourishment, we must continually feed on Christ to nourish and build us up spiritually. Let me tell you something, church. What God did in your life in 2018, it's not going to cut it for 2019. What God did in your life a long time ago, that's not enough. Because you, you and I both know the meal we ate last month, that's done and over with. We can't depend on that meal to nourish us. The, the glass of water we drank last week, if we wait that long, we're going to be dead. In the same way, if we don't continually feed and ask Jesus to nourish our soul, to nourish our body, to, to bring growth to us spiritually, we will become anemic and we are going to eventually die. So before we close in prayer today, I want you to know that we've come up with a resource for us when it comes to this fast. We've made up some bookmarks and we're going to hand them out to everybody as you walk out of service. But uh, it says 21 days of prayer and fasting on there, and it gives us the dates because sometimes we forget how long it is. And then um, each week we're going to have a different prayer focus to help guide us, okay? So this week our prayer focus is personal repentance. It's all about detoxing this week. It's all about getting the junk out of our lives, right? Uh, I ate a bunch of junk over Christmas break, and, and, and not only am I going to physically detox, I want to spiritually detox. And the way we spiritually detox is by repentance, is by allowing the Holy Spirit to get into the crevices of our heart that are deep and dark and hidden and secretive and allow Him to expose those areas of our heart. And we do that by repentance. We do that by asking God to forgive us of those things that we know are breaking his heart in our lives. And so week one is personal repentance. Week two, our prayer focus is our unsaved family and friends. And then week three, our prayer focus is our personal goals for the year. And I want us to, to, to personally and corporately pray through what we're believing God for uh, in our career, in our spiritual lives, in our personal lives, in our personal uh, quest at health and leadership and all those things. That's going to be what week three is about. And so I want everybody, even if you decide I'm not going to do this fast, I, get this. You can at least pray with us during these weeks, okay? So make sure that you do that. And uh, also, we're also, uh, Christian mentioned this during our announcements, but we're going to be doing a Facebook Live prayer meeting on each Wednesday of these three weeks. Okay, so it's going to be from 7 to 8. We're going to log on and we're going to be live on our uh, uh, Grace Place Facebook page. So if you have not uh, joined that page, like that page, make sure that you do. It's the Grace Place NYC on Facebook. And on Wednesdays, we want to encourage all of you from 7 to 8 o'clock, just log in. You can give us your prayer requests. Uh, we're going to have a short little, you know, just a short little word to encourage us. And then we're going we're gonna to pray together as a church family. You know, it, it's, especially in this city, with all of our schedules, it's so difficult for all of us to get in. 
And so, uh, and so what we want to do is we want to make it as easy as possible for all of us to connect as a church family throughout this fast. And uh, so make sure that uh, you log on this Wednesday um, because we're going to be going live. Amen. Let's pray.